Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Haven't heard this in a long time. It's probably a good thing. That takes me back. Thank you, Tubsy, for teeing that up. Uh, what can you do? You know, we like to talk about the weather. We like to complain about the weather. Rarely is the weather ideal. And man, it's so subjective, right? People on the uh, text line reminding me of that fact. And uh, I, <laughs> David said, uh, people think they rather it be minus 20 because they hate it today but then seven months from now when it's 20 below they forget how much they would rather it be hot we have weather amnesia in this state right oh totally you know what you know what gets you know what gets my doesn't get my go but my wife used to live out in monterey when she was in the military and I'm pro goat, by the way. So please, nothing disparaging about goats. Nothing okay? disparaging about goats. Okay, but good. But she was like, you know, it was always 75 and sunny, and I hated it. And I just. What? In a, in a very nice. She's like, it was the same thing day after day. She's like, there was no change in the climate. I'm like. You got bored. My, my son 70, in San Diego, yeah. he had the same complaint. It's just boring. Really? I like to you, be bored. Yeah, for well, wouldn't a couple you of take months. boring? I mean, I'd I would take seventy five and and sunshine every day, like no humidity, no bugs, no nothing. Give me that. Put it in a bottle and and just you know I'll be like, what's the the Charlie Brown character that always had like the the storm cloud over him or like Pigpen that always had the the stink? Like, give me that sunshine wherever I go. How can you be yeah. bored with that? Well. I mean, I don't know. As you, don't you think we crave variety yeah, in general? I, yeah, th- that's that's true. I, I, I just, we get I see the, your we get point. The at, we get the extremes. I used to ask Majors, Paul Majors, uh, formerly at Care Eleven. He moved out to L.A. and he said, "Look, it just affects your lifestyle. I mean, there's just more you can do mm-hmm. on a given day." But the thing I respect about Minnesotans. They don't let 20 below slow them down. I remember when I moved here in 83, and I was still a newbie, and I was complaining about the cold. I don't know. I think it might have been 15 below. It wasn't that bad. And and I'm in my car, 
and I'm complaining. I'm on the phone, I think, with my mom. I don't know, griping about the Arctic front. And some guy comes jogging past me, running past me, you know, blue clouds of steam coming (laughs) through his face mask. But he was running, and it was 15 below, and I was just blown away by that, thinking, wow. He's got some hearty people out here. We wear it like but, a badge um, of honor. Like We like to tell yeah, everybody around the country how tough we are, right? Look at us. The winter doesn't slow us down. We're hearty. We're tough. We're Norwegian. We're Scandinavian. It's our bloodline. It's our heritage. And, I mean, some again, of it's, some of it's if true. It was, here's the thing. If it was 75 and clear year-round, well, yeah, good luck with that. But just imagine Minnesota always in the 70s every day. It's San Diego. Mm-hmm. We would have a population of 25 million. Uh, forget getting on the lakes. I mean, you think real estate is nuts now. I, I think it does. It does keep our population manageable. Right. And, you know, we don't have that crush of people that so many other states are experiencing. And, you know. Would we like to be a boomtown? Yeah, maybe. Chamber of Commerce would probably tell you that. But I think it would go to quality of life, right? The fact that keep the wacko. We're not here. L.A. with lakes. Yeah, yeah. Keep the. Oh, I, I want to update you on Jordana. Yes, um, yes. I got a text. Got a text yesterday from Mark, handsome husband. I'm not going to call him handsome husband. Not because he's not handsome, but because it just makes me uncomfortable not saying that on the air. Well, if she says it, it sounds fine. If I say it, it just it sounds troubling. But Mark texted me and said the following. After 21 nights in the hospital, Jordana was finally discharged, and we moved back to the Gift of Life transplant house. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Her organs are all 100%. Her blood numbers are strong and getting better every day. She will have to regain her strength and fight through some expected issues over the next 30 days. But it should be much much less severe than what she just went through. We thank God for this day. She had a couple of very, very rough weeks down at Mayo. But the fact that she's discharged out of immediate danger, uh, seemingly in good spirits, I mean, hallelujah. Praise God. And, And thank you, all of you who've sent her cards and emails and texts, it, 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 has, it has boosted her spirits and I think kept her in the game emotionally, just knowing how much you care. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to Mark for the good news about Jordana. Hopefully, with any luck, we'll be hearing from Jordana later this week. I'm, I'm kind of pissed off I put all my money into crypto. Not sure... <laughs> I'll be able to retire maybe in the year 2072, but uh, actually I didn't, thank God. I don't invest in stuff I don't understand, and crypto is still kind of a black box for me. When we come back, Andy Tate, financial advisor extraordinaire, talking about the gyrations in the financial markets. If you're close to retirement or maybe you're retired now, do's and don'ts, some good advice from Andy Tate up next on CCO. Hot, hot, hot. Buster Poindexter. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Dress light this evening. Do not dress in layers. You're heading out this evening. Of course, we don't want to be inappropriate. We want to stay on the right side of the law. Not show too much skin, but good grief. It's Houston hot out there. It's standing in line at Disney World in Orlando. Hot out there right now. And, uh... No, it's not going to last. It's going to cool off starting tomorrow, and by Wednesday, we will all be breathing easier. I think many of us will be breathing easier uh, when we come out of this potential recession we're heading into, it seems. Most financial experts seem to agree that the odds of a recession are very high. We may already be in a recession. And let's say, hypothetical, you know, you're in your 60s, you're thinking about retirement, you're thinking about dialing things back. What should you be doing right now, now that the market is down? What, 25 30%? When we have questions about finance, we go to Andy Tate. He's a financial advisor with Best Prep, and specifically with Cahill Financial Advisors. Andy, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Paul. Absolutely. Andy joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, since World War II, there have been something like a dozen recessions. Uh, The average length of the recessions during that period, about 11 months, is the best advice if you're in the markets. It's not a loss until you actually cash out just hands off. Is that would that be your counsel right now? That's absolutely do the best you can to make rational thoughts because there's plenty of irrational ideas out there right now. So it's making sure you don't make a decision that will have 20, 30 years of impact. So stay, stay rational. (laughs) I remember rational. No, actually I don't. Um, But what are some of the biggest mistakes people make? I mean, you panic and you cash out. And people tend to sell when they should be buying, and they buy when they should be selling, right? The psychology is all screwed up. The psychology is, and I think too many people fixate on the names of the companies and not what the companies are actually doing. And so you'll look at Amazon and Tesla. Everybody wants to own those companies. Well, there are other companies out there that are actually doing quite well. So when a retiree or someone who's approaching that time looks at their portfolio and sees that it's down 25 or 30%, you know, that can be troubling. And so you want to make sure you have diversified uh, investments as well as diversified sectors. Don't just put everything in tech because it's popular. Don't put everything in real estate because it's popular. You want to make sure things are spread around. Is real estate a, a, a decent hedge against the gyrations in the stock market right now? I mean, I, I just remember personally having some money in real estate helped back in 2008 it dropped everything dropped but it didn't drop as much as the markets what what is your advice there uh during this time when what mortgage rates are now up around six percent so it's it's more expensive uh, Mm -hmm. to own a home yeah the game is definitely changing the two percent days are, are, are behind us i don't see those happening anytime soon again so i do think real estate is a good sector to have uh, it's not as liquid as some as some folks would like. You can't take a piece of your roof off and go to the grocery store to buy groceries with it. So there there is a balance sheet <laughs> value that's nice, but you also have to have other other uh, assets around it. What about inflation? I mean, what we're 
10% inflation, haven't seen that in a long time. Anything we can do uh, to mitigate some of the impacts? Everything costs more money. What advice would you have for people regarding inflation? Well, I think I think now people are starting to think a little bit um, like we used to. There was a time when we were all coming out from underneath our basements and we were willing to spend whatever to go do something. Well, now things are more expensive. We feel the gas pump. We feel food. You know, those prices are very high. And I think people are going to start to make some choices if it's skipping going to the restaurant and eating at home. If it's instead of driving across the country, you're staying more local. But I do think that there's going to be uh, some of the consumers are going to slow down. The consumer is, is, is a little bit more on edge now than we have been for quite some time. We live in the age of the side hustle. I've had a side hustle ever since I was in college because I never trusted my media employers. And I've always had a gig on the side, and I'm glad I did. And my thought, you know, for people who are heading into retirement, if you can have, other than Social Security, another source of income, consulting anything, and just delay when you have to actually tap your investments. Do you agree with that that thought process? A thousand percent. And I think where the math starts to get go, go sideways is when you are pulling money out of the accounts, you now have to make sure that you have some, some in cash because if you have markets like we do now, but if you're able to not withdraw, you may not be saving money, but if you're not pulling money out, you have a semi-retirement scenario, it really helps the retirement numbers tremendously. It's a, it's a huge advantage. Andy, what advice would you would you have for people that are approaching retirement age or even in retirement right now? What what steps can people take to increase the odds of having the retirement that they dreamt of? Well, it sounds kind of silly, but if there are projects or appliances or something that has more of a significant expense tied to it, do it before you retire. And if things go sideways, if you're putting a new roof on your home, you realize that there's more damage there than, than what you originally thought, well, you can stretch out, you can work a little bit longer. So I think there are some, some 10, 15-year expenses that you can address before you've officially turned off the spigot. And I think that just adds, it just creates a little bit more um, comfort mentally. Social Security, I mean, again, uh how is the viability of social security do we have to do we have to worry about social security going away or running out of money i mean what do you what do you tell your clients see i'm in the minority i love social security you can't outlive it it's going to go up with inflation now there's some concerns will it be uh, will it be funded it doesn't take much to have that fully funded you can push it back a little bit you can't get it till you're 72 or you can't get it till you're 74 they can tax it a little bit differently. They can give you a little bit less. But I think it's a tremendous asset because it's creating a form of fixed income. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many people right now that depend strictly on stocks and when they really need to make sure they have income coming in. And and speaking of that, what advice would you have for people that want that income? Is is this a time to, to look at bonds again, annuities? I mean, what would you suggest? Low risk, zero risk, but still something that, that you know, five, seven, ten percent is that is that uh, too much to ask for right now? Things are great in times like this. Uh, looking at options in, in today's world, you have to be critical of the expenses. 
if someone's giving you something, they're charging you for it. So make sure you know where those expenses lie. And annuities are traditionally very expensive, but they do provide a fixed income stream. So you have to weigh the cost of it. Does it, does it outweigh the, the, the stress that, that life causes when you don't have the fixed income? Andy, I sure appreciate you coming on. It, it's uh, it's been great getting to know you, and uh, I wish you the very best. Hope you're having a great summer. Uh, thank you for what you do for listeners. Uh, cool, calm, rational advice. Uh, Cahill Financial Advisors is lucky to have you, Andy Tate. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, Paul. And it's great to hear that Jordana is doing so well. Yeah, amen. That was a definite day brightener when I got that text yesterday. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Paul. And when we come back, it's Juneteenth. How how did this get going? Uh, the history is fascinating. And what comes next? We talk with uh, the founding director of the Racial Justice Initiative, coming up next on CCO. Yes, it is. I just said that. Welcome back to CCO. Paul Douglas with you. I remember, I'm sure you remember too, uh, staring at the American flag in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, saying the pledge. The Pledge of Allegiance first drafted during the Civil War. A declaration of loyalty not only to the flag, but to the concept of one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Not just for some, but liberty and justice for all. Today is Juneteenth. Actually, it was yesterday, but today is the federal holiday honoring Juneteenth. A celebration of the announcement back on June 19th, 1865 in Texas that enslaved Americans were finally free. Joining us today uh, with some perspective on Juneteenth, Joining us from the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline is Dr. Yohuro Williams, Distinguished University Chair, Professor, and Founding Director of the Racial Justice Initiative at St. Thomas. Dr. Williams, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Good to be with you, Paul. Absolutely. What what should listeners know about Juneteenth? What does it mean to you? I think you emphasize two things that I think a lot of people don't know that are important to know about Juneteenth. One is that um, even though it is meant or is seen as kind of the celebration of the end of slavery, it really is just the end of slavery in Texas. There, there are many um, emancipation days that are celebrated all over the country because the enforcement of Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation was dependent on the um, enforcement of the Union Army. And so the reason that Juneteenth becomes significant is Texas, Galveston is the last holdout. So when Gordon Granger issues field order number three, um, Juneteenth comes to symbolize what took place in communities all across the country as the Union Army, through its advance, made Lincoln's um, Emancipation Proclamation the force of law in those areas. And of course, you need a 13th Amendment to actually complete the work of abolishing slavery because the Emancipation Proclamation only apply to those states in active rebellion against the Union. So that, that's the one. And I think the other thing um, is you mentioned the Pledge of Allegiance. We often talk about the Civil War reconstruction in the United States in the vacuum, but they belong to an a age of emancipation and national unification. So 
You have the emancipation of serfdom in Russia in 1861, um, uh, four wars of, of uh, unification in Germany and in Italy. The issue that was dividing the United States in 1861 was slavery. And so this was a, a, a war fought to make the United States one nation. And we often don't think about it this way. But what we celebrate with Juneteenth is not only the emancipation of the slaves, but the resoldering of the Union. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Dr. Williams, I'm curious what what comes next. I mean, there's there's talk now about reparations, people who have been wronged, the ancestors of people who were enslaved uh, should be entitled to some sort of compensation uh, for this forced slavery. And there's precedent for this. I didn't realize this, but after World War II, the U.S. government paid $1.6 billion in reparations to Japanese-American survivors of internment camps for civil rights violations. So what do you think will come next? I know a number of cities around the United States have issued formal apologies. Is that good enough? I don't believe that it's good enough. And, and full disclosure, I chaired, was one of the co-conveners of the um, uh, commission that was helping to draft uh, a draft ordinance for a permanent reparations commission in the city of St. Paul. So this is something okay. I know um, intimately. When we talk about slavery, I think that you provide an example of the Japanese internment is a good um, segue for most people, because often when people think about slavery, they're thinking, oh, we're going back generations, so how do you do that? But there's some more immediate um, instances here in the Twin Cities in particular that we can point to where you could easily establish, um, you know, uh, what damages were done as a result of policies, practices, and procedures and address those damages. Uh, the Rondo community is a great example of that. But you could also do Excuse me. You could also do it with regard to um, slavery itself if you're able to go back and to, you know, trace uh, those families and, and, again, the policies, practices, and procedures that were used to undermine or deny them um, equal opportunity in that moment. There are so many corporations, uh, so many um, industries, so many individuals that benefit from the institution of slavery. It's not a difficult premise if you have the political will and, and desire to do so. It would be very easy to establish the justification for doing it. And again, makes people uncomfortable, but there is precedent. And when one considers the racial wealth gap in this country, it certainly would make sense in, in redressing some of that historic harm. My understanding, last time I looked at the numbers, white Americans, 10 times more wealth on average than African-American families in the United States. And some say, well, this will further divide us if we get, you know, deep into reparations. But under the heading of accountability, and a lot of people like to lecture me about accountability, but those same people kind of go quiet when it talks about accountability for the Civil War and slavery and, and the African-Americans that built this, this nation but weren't compensated accordingly. Back to the pledge liberty and justice for all, are you confident that we can thread the needle and find a way to, to come up with accountability that a majority of Americans can, can live with? I think, Paul, if we're going to grow, uh, we need to figure out a way to address this. And the challenge in our contemporary moment is, and we've seen this consistently, apologies aren't sufficient to address um, and to deal with the real harm, the trauma 
the dislocation um, that was created not only by the institution of slavery, but in the aftermath of the abolition of slavery, the grant of nothing but freedom. There's a great book uh, by Eric Foner of that title. And the idea is that literally when um, the slaves are freed, four and a half million people are are freed by virtue of Gordon Granger's field order number three or the Emancipation Proclamation or the 13th Amendment, whatever you want to cite, they didn't receive anything but the freedom, their freedom themselves. That put them at a disadvantage. If you then compound that with the deliberate policies, practices, and procedures from redlining um, in terms of housing to a denial of education to a denial of uh, the ability to participate fully in the labor market by restricting the jobs that they could do and the education they had access to, the accountability that you're talking about is really what we would need to address if we're going to talk about not just healing, but actually restitution and, and um, reparation of that damage. Dr. Yohuro Williams, uh, founding director, Racial Justice Initiative at St. Thomas. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, is it appropriate to say happy Juneteenth? I hope it is. Uh, I think it's okay. I think it's fine. <laughs> and happy Juneteenth to you, too. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time and perspective today. Thank you. Mike Max has a sports update. The uh, I still can't get used to calling them the Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy? No, it's the it's yeah, it's the Cleveland team. Uh Twins going into a big series with Cleveland. An update when we come back on CCO. Maxi Sports brought to you by the John Schuster Group, Caldwell Banker Real Estate. Maxie, is it hot enough for you? I, can I ask you, you a question? This is another one of those questions that I've never understood. Um, I, I mean, okay. I, I know the rules, but I've never asked anybody why those rules exist, and I know you'll know the answer to this, okay? It, it's okay. warm outside. Okay, I get that. So they say yeah. don't run your sprinkler when it's warm because it, it it doesn't do any good. But But doesn't it always do some good if you put cool water on grass? I think it does. I think the concern is when it's this hot, it evaporates uh, the water rapidly. Okay, so, so it's it not also, you don't hurt anything. You just don't get the full effect. Yes, I, th- I think you're supposed to water at night because during the day, um, and this is where it gets a little hazy in my mind too. But I think in theory, watering during the day on a hot, sunny day like today. Uh, just doesn't have the impact, and you wind up wasting water. But, okay, you know, not in a drought. We have plenty of water this year, so no, no. But I, I, I can see it's turning a little bit, and, and I'm thinking, well, it seems to me that any water would be better than no water if it's dry. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. I again, what are the? It's just one of those stuff? things where I've always been led to believe, no, if it's above eighty, you don't ever water your lawn. You know, and I thought, well, I've never asked Paul about that. Maxie, if it was 100 degrees, would you take that over 25 below? Yeah. Yet? Yep. The, the only thing I don't like is I just came back. Um, uh, the Cardigan Donuts in, in the ADS Center now has a little ice cream shop there, too. They just had a, a soft oh. opening. And so I, I walked mm. down there and got an ice cream cone. And, and I walked back through Target, and then I, and then I walked on Nicollet Mall. But I'm wearing a suit, right, because we've got the 6 and 10 coming up. You, you know the drill better than anybody, Paul. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I hate wearing a suit. Uh, outside like this for, I mean, obviously, but if it's, if it's just a question of you can do anything you want, give me the warmth, I'll put a t-shirt on, I'll put suntan lotion on, and I will love it. Yeah. I'll find well, a way to always, stay cool. 
Can't you do your TV sports in shorts? Does anybody see you from the waist down? Oh, you cannot do that anymore. We've got more... Majors used to do that. Yeah, but see, we are still um, at uh, Channel 4 right now. We just... (laughs) On um, Friday, we finally got to take our masks off. In other words, we don't have to wear a mask inside. That, That just came on friday so that you know you know what i'm saying oh. this is how long we've been but so but because of that we have social distancing on the set so therefore i'm i'm always standing now instead of sitting next to uh so i'm standing oh, in I front see. of a graphic ways away and, and yeah because you know they don't want um well, the perception, you know, as COVID came back again, uh, you know, people, viewers, you know how it is, Paul. People, viewers get uncomfortable. People are sitting too close to each other during COVID, that kind of stuff. So we're yeah. still in that mode right now. Maxie, I, I, I hear via the grapevine you have your legs are okay. I think you could make a statement. I think you should do the sports in shorts. No question about weather. that. No, there's no question about the legs look good. Yeah. Trust me, I'm a weatherman. I'm not giving you bad advice. Hey, what advice would you have for the Twins going in to play yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, first of all, they're healthy, the Twins are. So have at, man. You got your you got your rotation lined up. Bieber pitched yesterday uh, for Cleveland, so you won't see him. Um, but the, the, the one thing strategically that you might want to tinker with here, because you, you're going to have to figure this out sooner or later, is, is your bullpen rotation. And it's hard to figure that because it's been up and down. Now, Caleb Theobard had been outstanding. He had a rough inning yesterday against uh, Arizona. Griffin Jacks has kind of emerged as a guy that can go a couple of innings. And uh, uh, you're seeing a little bit more from him and some of the arms in the back. But other than that, uh, line it up and have that here, boys. Have some fun over the next few days, and let's see what the Guardians got compared to the Twins because I think this is fun. The Guardians are such a young team that, you know, all of a sudden you're going, where'd they come from? <laughs> you know, They're not supposed to be in this race. Did anybody tell them? They're not supposed to be one game behind the Twins. It's supposed to be between the White Sox and the Twins. And and now here we yeah. sit. So they've become kind of a fun team, but I really look forward to this uh, uh, these next three days to see what they got. Yeah. Maxie, thank you. Uh, and I will be tuning in, as I normally do, uh, to Channel 4 to, to watch you do the the sports and shorts. You, again, you can do anything sure. once. Sports shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yep, I got you. How did Majors look when he did it? Yeah, yeah, he looked okay. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Have a great Thanks, day, Maxie. buddy. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 